story with me Love who you want to be, who you are Learn these lessons and we'll go far It's story time Story time Story time with Mama G Hello you gorgeous people Welcome, welcome Come in, take a seat That's it, sit down my darlings Oh, how lovely to have you all here. Welcome to episode, uh, I want to say 38 or 39 of the podcast, Storytime with Mamma G. I am your host, the glamorous, the magnificent, the eloquent Mamma G. I am glamorous, it's true, because I am sat here under a den of duvets held up by a clothes horse and a pole for my scenery in sweltering heat. It's very hot here today in London. It's baking. In fact, later on, I'm going to go and buy myself an ice cream. I've only just thought of that, actually. I'm going to go and buy myself an ice cream and go for a blooming walk along the blooming river. And I'm very excited. I might even walk into some flora and fauna. I might go further than usual. You see, what I normally do is I normally go for a run, but I really can't be bothered at the moment. So I think I'll... Um... Oh, no, I've worked out what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk to Morrison's. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk to Morrison's buy myself an ice cream at Morrison's and then walk back the rest of the way. It's probably a, it was probably about four or five miles. That'd be quite nice in the heat. Listen to a podcast. Might listen back to some old episodes. You never know. I might even buy something more exciting than an ice cream at Morrison's. To be honest, at the moment, I'm quite enjoying a Calippo. Yes, Calippo is very refreshing. I especially like an orange Calippo. I'm also very much enjoying Fanta at the moment. I gave up Diet Coke earlier in the year. I haven't had Diet Coke since January the 20th, but who's keeping records? But I have had Fanta instead, not quite to the excessive amount that I used to have Diet Coke. And I know that really fizzy drinks, they're not good for anyone. But there's something so refreshing about an orange juice. Anyway, welcome to the podcast. I'm very excited to have you here with me, and I'm very excited to share a new story with you. This story is my second attempt at a version of Cinderella, because I wrote one called Cinderfella a couple of years ago, and it was very pol political. It, like Theresa May and Donald Trump and Margaret Thatcher were characters, which should give you some idea, if you're older, of where I was going with that sense of feeling in the story and I was never quite satisfied with it so I've tried a new one now what happened is I woke up the other day and this story was in my head I knew I had to write a version of Cinderella and this is what poured out now I always try to write to a thousand words a thousand words is about bearable for me to read and write so I have somehow missed out some crucial elements to the story but I don't think you missed them I think you will notice them but I don't think you'll be too bothered that they're not there. But what I would like to know, once you've listened to the story, is if you worked out what was missing. Because if you didn't work out what was missing, then truly, does it even matter? I don't know. But anyway, sit back, relax, and enjoy Cinderella.
It's freezing in here, said Simone. Where's that girl with our firewood? replied Samantha. I've sent her out, said Mother. She'll be back soon. I told her to be quick, otherwise she'd be punished. Punished, said Simone. How wicked, cackled Samantha. But what are you going to do to her? I'll do the usual. Make her iron everything we own, even our nickels. Make her scrub the floor with a toothbrush. Make her pull her hair out of the plug holes. Make her pick up the leaves one by one in the yard. And just make her wish that she had never been born. Mother laughed an almost demonic laugh. It would have been scary to you or I. But for Samantha and Simone, it was their favourite sound. They even joined in. Simone suddenly stopped laughing. But mother, she said, that's no punishment. What? Samantha agreed. Yeah, that's just how you normally treat Cinderella. And the three ladies fell about laughing again. Cinderella wasn't laughing, though. She had nothing to laugh at and no one to laugh with. Since her mum had passed away, her life had been one of drudgery. Cinderella's dad had remarried very fast, and that's how Samantha, Simone and Mother had entered her life. Cinderella had been so excited to have sisters, but when she met them that had quickly changed, and her new stepmom didn't hang around when it came to getting Cinderella's dad a job in a different country. Cinderella hadn't seen her dad in such a long time. It was a bit funny, though. Cinderella's dad was a baron. He had become one because his dad before him had been one. Cinderella's stepmom had obviously thought that her dad was rich. That's why she made him marry so fast. But she would only be disappointed. Cinderella's family hadn't had money for years. Cinderella guessed that was why her stepmom was so mean to her and treated her like a servant, because she was angry at herself. Cinderella wished that her new family would send her away, just like they had her dad, but it would take money to send her to boarding school. So here she was, in a forest, picking up wood. It wasn't all bad, though. Being in the forest meant that she got some alone time. They told her to be quick, but Cinderella knew her punishment would just be the same as her normal task, so she was going to take as long as she wanted. Cinderella picked up as much wood as she could carry, and then sat down in the warmest spot she could find to read her guilty pleasure. Oh, hey, magazine. The magazine belonged to her sisters, but they only ever looked at the pictures and then discarded it, so Cinderella always sneaked it out of the house. She loved to look at the lives of rich and happy people, and she loved it when Princess Charmaine was featured. Princess Charmaine was beloved of everyone in the kingdom. She was caring, nice, thoughtful, and, yeah, pretty. At least Cinderella thought so. Cinderella wasn't sure why, but whenever she saw a picture of Charmaine, her tummy would flip, 
Oh, how she'd love to meet her. And maybe there would be a chance. This article said that the princess was going to hold a ball to meet a prince. When Cinderella got home, the place was in chaos. Simone and Samantha and Mother were racing around, screaming and in a panic. Where are me knickers? Where are my extensions? We can't go to the ball looking like this. The ball. Cinderella couldn't believe it. Her family had been invited to Princess Charmaine's party. But you're not coming, said Mother, as she slammed the door behind her and got in the taxi with her daughters. Cinderella wept. She had been so close to meeting the princess. She was sure that if she met Charmaine, everything would be all right. She had to get to the ball somehow. Cinderella went to dry her eyes in the mirror. As she was looking at herself, she heard someone say, You shall go to the ball, Cinderella. Cinderella looked around in shock, trying to work out where the voice had come from. She heard a tap on some glass. She turned back to the mirror and saw that the voice had come from... her reflection. What? said Cinderella, confused. Do you want to go to the ball? said her reflection. Cinderella nodded. Then you will, if you believe in magic. It turns out that when your reflection is talking to you, you'll believe in almost anything. In what felt like a matter of minutes, Cinderella's reflection had conjured up the most beautiful dress for Cinderella to wear. A coach and horses had appeared outside the house, and Cinderella was on the way to the ball. Be back before... Oh, never mind, said her reflection as it faded. But it didn't matter. Cinderella knew to be back before midnight. After all, her reflection had done nothing, really. Cinderella was her own fairy godmother. When Cinderella got to the palace, the party was in full swing. Hundreds of princes were vying for Princess Charmaine's attention on the dance floor. Hundreds of ladies were vying for the attention of the hundreds of princes. The only person not interested was Princess Charmaine. But that all changed when Cinderella walked in. Princess Charmaine suddenly found a whole lot of interest. In Cinderella. Cinderella's tummy did its nervous flip, little knowing that Charmaine's tummy was doing the exact same thing. Charmaine and Cinderella danced the whole night. Lots of people gossiped, but the two girls didn't hear them, or didn't care. They were walking around the garden, hand in hand, talking, away from the prying eyes of everyone else when... The clock struck midnight. But inside, eh, they didn't hear that either. Cinderella only knew what the time was, because her magnificent dress vanished and she was in her normal clothes. Cinderella was terribly embarrassed, as you would be, and tried to run away. But Charmaine caught her arm. Where are you going? I have to go. I'm not a princess. You can't see me like this. 
If I can't see you like this, said Charmaine, then I am not the person for you. You deserve someone who sees you for you, no matter what you're wearing. Well, when someone is that smooth, you can't really argue with them. And it was the first time Cinderella had ever felt seen. Cinderella and Charmaine hugged and danced around the garden in the moonlight to the faint strains of music coming from the ballroom. Everything was beautiful and serene until... Ugh! That's disgusting! Simone, come and look at this! What is it, Samantha? Two girls dancing! And one of them is Cinderella, said Mother. Let them dance. You never know where this might lead. And where did it lead? It led to Cinderella and Princess Charmaine getting married many, many years later. It led to them living a wonderful life together. It led to a kingdom that was happy and harmonious. And it led to Samantha, Simone and Mother working in the palace until they apologised for how they treated Cinderella. So, they worked in the palace for a very, very long time. In fact, they worked their fingers to the bone for Cinderella. And what have they got to show for it? Bony fingers. <laughs> That'll teach them. So go on then, the sleuths of you that are listening. What two iconic parts of that story did I miss out? What, which were they? Shout it out, shout it out at the back. That's right, I missed out the pumpkin. What else did I miss out? I missed out the glass slipper, blooming heck. Who misses out the glass slipper from the story of Cinderella? But look, here's the thing. I don't think it mattered because I wanted Princess Charmaine to see Cinderella for who she really was immediately. Because that's true love, isn't it? When you see someone in whatever form they take, you know they're the person for you. And I wanted that without all the boring bit of them taking this slipper around for other people to try on. I mean, how unhygienic is that? No, thank you very much. Well, I hope you enjoyed the story, my take on Cinderella. I do think it's rather more successful than my initial take on the story, Cinderfella, which I do believe is available as an earlier podcast. If it is, why not go back and listen? If it's not, then you can buy it in my book, Storytime with Mamma G, available from Amazon and also from petitepantos.com slash shop. Please do purchase. Uh, now, uh, talking of books and things you can purchase, it is time for... The Book of the Week. The Book of the Week. This week is another book 
that was recommended to me by Lucinda the librarian when she made her appearance on Mamaji's family pride party a few weeks ago. It's a picture book for younger readers and it is called When Aidan Became a Brother. It's written by Kyle Lukoff and illustrated by Keilani Juanita. And it is published by, let me turn the page very quickly, Lee and Low Books, Inc., who are based out of New York. How exciting, how exotic to have a book that is published in New York. And I don't know why, I always find this very exciting, but the prices on the book are in US dollars and Canadian dollars. There's not a pound sign. And I always think that makes books very magical. But um, it will come as a surprise to you that that is not the reason I have chosen to make this book my book of the week. The reason I have chosen to make this book the book of the week is because just like my version of the story Cinderella, this book is about being who you are and being accepted for being who you are, and I'm just rereading it. Well, I'm not just rereading it. I reread it before I recorded the podcast. And it really is very beautiful. When I first got it, I read it quite quickly and I took it all in and I thought, that's marvellous. I'll be able to talk to Lucinda about that quite nicely. But now I'm rereading it. Well, I may have shed some tears because it's very important, I think. It's about a boy called Aidan. And when he's born, everyone thinks that he's a girl. So they give him a girlish name and they decorate his room as if it would be a girl's room and they put him in girl clothes. But as Aidan gets older, he doesn't feel right in the clothes. He doesn't like his room. He doesn't treat any of it with respect. And Aidan soon realises that's because he's a boy. And so he speaks to his parents and he's very young when he speaks to his parents. And they understand and they realise that they've made a mistake and they work out how they can change it and how they can make Aidan's life the life that it's supposed to be. And first of all, just Aidan having two such open-minded and understanding parents is already making me well up. And then Aidan's mum discovers that she's pregnant and Aidan is so excited about becoming a big brother and he wants to do everything right for his brother because he doesn't want his brother to feel the way that he felt when he was born and they do everything they get clothes they decorate they go through lots and lots and lots of names to choose for a baby but just before the baby's born Aiden gets a bit panicky and oh dear it's making me a bit emotional Aiden gets a bit panicky and realizes that he may have made the same mistakes that his parents made and he's so anxious that the child is not going to feel comfortable. So he, again, goes and talks to his parents about this. And they say, and I, I, I hope they don't mind. I think I'm just going to read it out loud. Aidan says, I don't want them to feel like I did when I was little. But what if I get everything wrong? What if I don't know how to be a good brother? And his mum says, when you were born, we didn't know you were going to be our son. We made some mistakes but you helped us fix them. And you taught us how important it is to love someone for exactly who they are. This baby is so lucky to have you, and so are we. <sighs> I just think that is amazing, and it's a beautiful thing to read. And it is a beautiful thing for any child to have in print. 
and to have a record of an adult saying and I can only imagine the impact that this book will have on young children who feel the way that Aidan did. Now it's not just for children you know this book I think as you can probably tell by my voice is very important for adults to read as well because it it helps adults understand a few things. Now, part of the complication of being an adult is that you are supposed to know everything and to not know something is seen as a sign of weakness and that can lead to you becoming extra strong in what you think you already know and your view of the world as you understand it. And it can be very difficult to work your way around to a different way of thinking. And for a lot of people, uh, they understand that people are transgender, but they don't understand how to deal with it and what is appropriate terminology to use and things like that. So there are some points in this book that will help you as an adult. Uh, there's one particularly good point where a lady sees that Aidan's mum is pregnant and Aidan is with his mum and the lady asks, are you having a boy or a girl? And Aidan doesn't like that. And his mum says, I'm having a baby. And that's really the important question. It doesn't matter if the baby's a boy or a girl. We do put a lot of pressure on that, you know. Um, and when we really don't need to. And then later on, a man uh, in a hardware store asks if Aidan is excited to have a new brother or sister. And Aidan says, I'm excited to be a big brother. And it says the paint guy looked confused. Aidan could tell he wanted to ask a different question, but was glad to have his dad there. And it just, it makes you think about how you address this issue and about how we address other human beings. Because the fact of the matter is that we know nothing about other human beings, apart from recognising them as a human. We don't know how they identify. We don't know what pronouns they use. We don't know what experiences they've had in their lives. None of us are in a position to make any assumptions about anybody. And I think this book very tactfully will help an adult slightly rearrange their thinking. Uh, and it's just, oh, I just love it so much. And Kyle uh, Lukoff says at the back that when he was born, Everyone thought that he was a girl, uh, so he understands a little bit of Aidan's story, and I think that's amazing. But he also says um, that Aidan's story represents children in a lot of different ways, because as a child, at some point, you will feel different from everybody else. And just like Aidan, it's important to know that your strength is in your difference. And, well, I just don't know what to say about the illustrations by... Um, Keilani, Juanita, they are so vibrant, so fun. You know I love an illustration. They're just full of joy. And I want you to enjoy this book just as much as I have. And I hope that it helps you open your mind a little bit, even if you don't think your mind needs opening. I don't think my mind needs opening. But after reading this book, I, it's made me think about language that I use and ways that I approach things and ways that I think about things and it's just so wonderful. So, well, I'm very passionate about that, aren't I? It's When Aidan Became a Brother by Kyle Lukoff and Keilani Juanita. And it's published by, and I've forgotten the name of the publisher again, Lee and Lowe Books, Inc. 
and it is available in all the obvious places, but I'm sure that if you contacted your uh, local independent bookstore or visited hive.co.uk, they would be able to get you a copy as well, and you'd be supporting a small independent business. Wonderful. Oh, well, I've wiped my eyes now. That really is a stunning book. And I think the thing is, is I've just discovered lots of books over the course of telling all these stories that just encourage children in the simplest of ways to express themselves and to be who they are. And I think I do miss the fact that I didn't have stories and books like that when I was little, you know, that specifically dealt with things. They dealt with things in generalities, but we didn't have books like when Aidan became a brother or Julian is a mermaid or a fox called Herbert or even stories like the ones I tell that I've written myself. Also available Storytime with Mama G, like I said. Um, now, thank you so much for joining me. Um, remember, I do love to know what you thought of the podcast. You can leave a review on Apple. Uh, Apple, is it Apple? iTunes? One of those? Wherever you can leave a review. I'm going to say iTunes, maybe. I don't really know. Um, but sometimes I see them and I like that you leave them. Uh, but I, I, have no, I, I don't always look for them. Um, and you can get in touch via Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Just search for at Mermaji Stories. Uh, recently on YouTube, this week, in fact, I did put up a new video, which was uh, me telling my very first story, the fairies Fran and Vera, which is, sorry, I just remembered I got a phone call at three o'clock. Mustn't forget that. Um, it's to do with the fairies Fran and Vera as well. So actually it's very exciting. Um, uh, yes, and it's, uh, it's not just me telling it. It's got illustrations by my very, very good friend, Anushka Sutherland. And she has done an incredible job of illustrating the story. And I would like you to go and have a look at the illustrations if you go and have a look at nothing else. If you don't even listen to the story, because it's beautiful. Um, and you'll be very excited, I hope, I assume, that we are coming up to a season here in the UK where we can do outdoor performance again. Yes! So I am consequently doing some outdoor performances. My first one is tomorrow, the 1st of August in Sevenoaks, alive on the vine. I will be bringing Mamaji's family party, which will be me telling stories and singing songs, along with Ada Camp, who was also part of Mamaji's family pride party, and a Madame Chandelier and her guide to the opera. Uh, it's going to be rather wonderful. It's pay what you can, and it's to support uh, raising funds for the Stag Theatre, which is where uh, I made one of my very earliest pantomime appearances. It's got a very special place in my heart. I've made some wonderful friends in that theatre and it is an absolute asset to its community. So I hope we'll be able to raise lots and lots of money for them. And then, what shall I be doing next? Oh, and then I'm going down to Brighton. I've got seven shows in Brighton between the 7th of August and the 13th of September. Right by Brighton Pier, I will be presenting Mama G's Family Pride. No, not that one. Mama G's Storytime Roadshow. I will insist on putting my name in the front of everything, you see. Mama G's Storytime Roadshow. I'll be telling, well, I'll be trying to tell different stories at every performance so you can come back seven times. It's going to be marvellous. Uh, my first two shows are the 7th of August and the 8th of August. They'll be singing. There'll be stories. 
There'll be sequins, there'll be puppets, there may be trumpet playing. You'll just never know, do you, my darlings? That's the thing. Uh, tickets are very reasonably priced. They're selling them in uh, tables of six, but they're so reasonably priced that even if there's only two of you, it's still really cheap. Of course, if there's six of you, there's more. Uh, it's cheaper. Everything is uh, socially distanced. It is going to be outside, so it is weather permitting, but it is also going to be an absolute blast. And I'm so excited to have seven reasons to go to Brighton this summer because I love Brighton. And one of my highlights every summer was going to Brighton Pride. And I've not been for a couple of years. And I certainly shan't be going this year because it is not happening. Uh, and I'm also doing library story time sessions via Zoom. Coming up, I'm just trying to find my diary. I can't see it. That wasn't very prepared of me. I could edit this out, but I won't. Uh, I'm doing Zoom sessions definitely the 10th of August. Oh, the, um, uh, the 4th of August, I'm going live on Chicken and Frog's Facebook. Chicken and Frog is a bookshop in Brentwood. So you, I'm going live for them at 9.30 in the morning. Don't know who I upset. Uh, and then from the 10th of August, I've got sessions that week with um, Swindon Libraries, Dorset Libraries, Luton Libraries, Redbridge Libraries, Stockton Libraries, and somebody else who I've forgotten. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe that's it. Um, and so if any of those are your local libraries, go and check out their Facebook pages or my Facebook page for all the details. And I will see you next week for more story time with Mama G. It's story time with Mama G. Come and hear a story with me. Love who you want to be, who you are. Learn these lessons and we'll go far. It's story time. Story time. Story time with